probably where this is, if you like. So we're just going to dive straight in. You know, there are some incredible attributes uh, that God alone has. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. We're going to look at one this evening, which great theologians term his omnipresence. This means that God is everywhere present all at the same time. That's what we're going to look at this evening. And from there, I want us to see that this, this God that is always present, everywhere present, surrounds us always, is so keen, so eager to engage with us, to communicate to us, to talk to us, not just audibly, as you're hearing my voice. Very seldom do I hear that. But I'm talking through a myriad, myriad, he has a word, of different ways. So that's what I want us to know. Tonight's message purely is all about if you guys leave here this evening, if we leave here this evening going, man, God is with me everywhere and he's looking to talk to me everywhere, I'd feel like I've served you well. So we're just going to dive in. We're going to break it into two halves, if you like. First half, always present. Second half, always speaking. He'll speak differently, but he's always speaking. I'm really sorry, there's no PowerPoint or overhead or anything like that this evening because it was changing up until first thing this morning, to be honest. But let's just dive straight in. Do you know, it's easy to have this theological concept that what I mean by that is this belief, this understanding that God is everywhere present, omnipresent. But to live our lives as though that is true is a different matter altogether, right? I don't know about you, but, you know, I can easily stand here tonight and go, God is everywhere. But tomorrow, completely forget about that. So, I want to ask you a question, dear friends, family. What does this mean for you? What does it mean for you that God is everywhere present? What about you? Are you, are you aware that God is everywhere present with you? Hopefully, this is going to be a really simplistic message tonight. But I want it to lead to transformation in our minds and in our thought patterns, if you like. How often do you acknowledge God through your day? How often do you acknowledge God through your day? I know of a, a lady that used to set this 15-minute worship alarm. Every 15 minutes, a pager would buzz in her pocket, and she'd just go, whether she was speaking or not, she was an international speaker, she, this pager would go off. Me and Brian were at a conference once. Her pager went off, and she just went... Praise you, Jesus. Partway through, just thank you, Jesus. Just want to recognize you, Jesus. Anyway, what was I saying? Genuinely. And I thought, man, that's genius. So that's, that's what you can do. You might not want to do that in Tesco's, or you might just beep, beep, Jack. You'll just be freaked out by beep, beep, praise you, Jesus. Just praise you, Jesus. I, 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 I jest, but to be honest, man, we can live like that. You, you can seriously live continually aware of his presence with you. It's just training your mind, training our minds to know, man, he's, he's with me right now. Thanks, Sai. He's with me right now. I want to read something to you from the Bible. Psalm 139. Check this out. Just beautiful words from King David. Psalm 139, verse 7 where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to hev the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Man, this is precious. You know, David had this incredible revelation that God was everywhere present. 
In fact, it goes much deeper than that. Not only did he believe that God was everywhere present, but David knew that there was no space that he could go into where God was not. You know, there was just no physical dimension, no space where he could go that God was not. And that's what we need to know, dear friends. There, there is no physical space. There's no dimension. There's, there's nowhere that you can flee to where God isn't already there. And he, he knows that even if I run from him, oh man, he's already there. So even if we try to hide, he's, he's there. And, and, and that's incredible. For me, I just get to this point where this has to affect my life. This, this just has to. It has to affect the way I the think, my, my thought patterns. It has to affect my attitude. It has to affect my belief system, knowing that just God is always with me. Not just when we're together like this, although that's amazing, but when I'm on my own, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm feeling trapped, God's with me. Regardless of where I am or what's happening in my life, having that primary foundation of God, you're always present with me. This guy called Wayne Grudem, who's an incredible mind, a great theologian, he says this, God does not have size or spatial dimensions, and he is present at every point of space with his whole being. What? Yet God acts differently in different places. Isn't that amazing? God is in every space with his whole being, yet he acts differently in different places. You know, he will manifest himself in different ways. The way we experience his presence will be different. So it's helpful to understand that although he's everywhere present, he will act differently at different times. So right here, we know that in that worship time, in that worship space, there was some feeling incredible peace and I guarantee you some feeling conviction, some feeling like, oh man, I've got to get this right. And there were others feeling incredible joy and others feeling like, oh man, I feel like dropping to my knees. He, he, he will be doing all sorts of things here, but he's everywhere present. He's everywhere present. This same one that baptizes with fire equally comes and rests on us with peace. Man, he's incredible. And that's why it's relationship. Because he knows you inside out. He knows you better than you know yourself. It says this in this psalm. He knows every thought you think. He knows every word before you speak it. He knows you and he knows just what you need. You know, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, David and other writers, they had an understanding of the omnipresence of God, this God everywhere. They had an understanding of that. But what I want to say, dear friends, we are the victorious side of the cross. We're the other side of the cross. We are this new covenant people born of the Spirit. How much more does it affect us now? How much more does Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, but ascension to the Father? What I mean is he's gone back to glory and he has sent this promised Holy Spirit, as he said, the Father's promise to be with us always. So not only is this this external thing, but this is now an internal reality that we now have the indwelling presence of God on the inside of us. Man, that's just ridiculous. Like, I have God living on the inside of me, and so do you. So, so not only can we have this understanding that God is everywhere, so if we go to Alexandra Park, man, he's there. If we go through the woods, he's there. If you go home, he's there. But wherever you go, he goes. 
And I know I keep saying this, but man, this is my only message, really. Wherever you go, he goes. Now, this, this promise from the old covenant and the new covenant from God, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you, is now made an experiential reality for us. That we can know a father, a God, a, 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 this amazing being, this God living on the earth. So we, we can know that he will never leave us because he, he now lives with us. He now lives on the inside of us. He doesn't just visit. He's, he's moved in. He's unpacked his bags. He's staying forever. In fact, he says, do you know what? You're staying with me for eternity. I asked a few friends of mine this, this question. Um, what does the presence of God mean for you? What does knowing that God is always present mean for you? I asked Joe this question on Friday, and her simple reply was just beautiful. You, you remember you say it, you, Joe just said, it means life to me. It means life. My friend Nick said it means contentment. I'm content with myself. My friend Natalie said it's, it means constant. He's the only constant thing in my life, the one that will never move, the one that is immovable, the one that is steadfast, the one that will not be shaken, the one that is always there for me. When I ask myself this question, what does it mean? It means security for me, and it means peace. Knowing that my God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, is with me always, brings me incredible security, which leads to just ridiculous peace, really. Psalm 139 says, you hem me in behind him before, verse 5. You hem me in behind him before. This is King David. These psalms were written in the face of battle, a lot of them. Not when he's kind of <laughs> sitting in the park. He says, you hem me in behind him before. You have laid your hand upon me. You know, God, knowing God is present will do one of two things. And both things should be present. Firstly, it should bring comfort, peace, and security. And secondly, it should bring a right, holy, reverent fear. It should bring a right, holy, reverent fear. Knowing that this awesome being that created the sun and the moon and the cosmos and the sharks and the seas and the mountains is with you. Man, it should bring security and a holy fear, right? Psalm 139, verse 1 to 4 says, O Lord, you've searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. Oh, man, there's no gossip that you can get away from. He knows it completely. That brings me security, though. It doesn't make me fear as in the world's fear in terms of condemnation. It makes me have a heavenly fear which fills my heart with awe. Because this is where it leads, leads me with, man, you see me. You see me, yet you still love me. So I want to ask you the question again. What about you? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for you knowing that God is always with you, like always with you? even in the shower. What does it bring for you? Contentment, security, joy, 
meaning, purpose, forgiveness? What does it do for you? The other day, uh, I read a great quote by a guy called Terry Virgo who started this family of churches. He's the founding father of this family. And after this morning's message, this lady came up to me to say, I was there when Terry said this last weekend. And a lady came up to her there and saying, this message that Terry's giving, I feel Hastings needs to know this. It's a lady called Angela. She's got an incredible prophetic gift. And I, as I read this phrase, I thought, man, Hastings needs to hear this. I love what God does. He says, um, the presence of a storm in your life isn't evident, evidence that God isn't with you. Let me start again. The presence of a storm in your life isn't evidence that God is not with you. In Matthew 14, Jesus sends his disciples into the storm, and then he comes to be with them right in the midst of the storm. So the presence of a storm in your life isn't evidence that God is not with you. Because Jesus wants you to know that even in the storm, I'm right in the middle of that storm with you. You see, we can find real and lasting peace and comfort and security knowing that. Knowing, like Jesus' promise, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He knows that we will face storms. He knows we're aging and we're getting sick. He knows that this is what we face in a broken and fallen world. Yet he knows as well, the best thing for you is that I'm with you in the heart of that storm. <clears throat> he is both my joy and my strength. And he, he's both your joy and your strength. That's why the psalmist is able to write things like, in his presence is fullness of joy, and at the same time say, and even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Different psalms, different moments in time. But he's able to say, even though I walk through this deep, dark valley, I'll fear no evil. Why does he say that? Because he goes on to say, because I know you're with me. I know you're with me. And the Apostle Paul, you know, he was the one that was flogged more than any. He was the one that got shipwrecked. He was the one that had this thorn in his side, and he prayed three times to the Lord to take it away, and he didn't. Yet he was able to say, but one thing I do know is your grace is sufficient. And, and I don't think he can get to a point to say that unless he had an understanding that God was always with him. Elsewhere in Romans 8, he's able to say there's nothing that will separate us from the love of God. He, he actually asks the question, is there anything? Because he knows, he, he wants to answer it very quickly. No, there's nothing. No hardship, no, no, no struggle, no, no difficulty. Not even death can separate you from the love of God. It's amazing. Suffering. It's not a question which demands an answer. It's not a problem which demands a solution. It's a mystery which demands a presence. Let me say that again. Suffering is not a question which demands an answer because there, there, no, there aren't answers. It's not a problem which demands a solution. There is a solution. But it's a mystery which demands a presence. I'll uh, illustrate this personally what's going on in our world at the moment. Within the space of six days, both my children broke bones. I know, very clumsy parents. My, my daughter, six years old, broke her arm playing it in my mum's garden with me chasing her. So I feel rotten about that. Um, and my son broke his leg just out here, actually, playing football. Within six days, both our kids were hurting and in pain, and anxious and confused, actually. 
you know, the, the injury to Tom's foot in particular wasn't, wasn't nice. And, but the one thing that I am co absolutely convinced of, that which brought them security, is both of them knowing that mum and dad were close. We couldn't prevent them doing it, although God can prevent. You know, I'm just using us as a weaker analogy here. We couldn't prevent them breaking their bones, but we were with them even in their pain. So what, what I want you to see here is even in their discomfort and pain sitting over at A&E, my, my daughter's much like my wife. She sits there quite quiet, and I just sat next to her just with my arm around her. So all she knew was daddy was close. And that I could see brought her incredible security. She was terrified to go to A&E. Yet when she knew daddy was close, everything was okay. My son, on the other hand, I carried him everywhere. I carried him from here when he first stumbled in into there. We put pee, uh, ice on his leg. I carried him from there to the car. I carried him from the car to A&E. I carried him from A&E doors to the x-ray room, then back to triage, then back to see the doctor, then back to the seats. I carried him every step of the way. So what he needed to know is even though I'm hurting and I'm confused and I'm crying, dad's carrying me. So even when you feel God isn't close, maybe, just maybe, it's those times that he's carrying you. Nat showed me a brilliant caption the other day, you know, that footprints. You know, when we see a line in the sand, it's there that I dragged you for a little bit. Sometimes he drags us, kicking and screaming. But he will carry us. And I want you to know that we have a, a presence with us all the time. And the one thing that we crave, all of us crave, is we want this constant that Nat reminded me about. We want this constant presence, this constant loving presence. And I, I want to tell you, dear brothers and sisters, we have that. As sons and daughters of God, that's our inheritance. We have a constant loving presence of a perfect father. And he will never leave us nor forsake us. And you know what? We need, we need to be fully persuaded of what this father's like. He's full of grace and mercy. He's not one that will look to hit you with a cane. He's one full of grace and mercy. Like my brother Paul said, he's one that's already running to you. Even when we stuff it up, he comes running after us. He's the one that throws a party when we get it wrong. He's the one that is looking to treat us kindly. And he's the patient one. He's, he's the one that's full of grace and mercy, justice, truth, forgiveness, compassion, healing. Man, I could go on and on and on. And what I want you to know is, it's that kind of God that is with you always. He's also always speaking, always looking to speak to you. This God that's always present is always looking to speak to you. We're not following a, a program or a format. That's not relationship. We're following a heart-to-heart -heart connection, deep-to-deep -deep connection, one-to-one -one with God. What I want us to look at here is the multitude of ways that he, he speaks to us. After all, he is God. So he might speak to you in a different way than he speaks to me. But the question I want to ask us is, are we listening? God is speaking are you listening? Do you live your life listening? Are you familiar with his voice? Would you even know if he spoke to you? I used this analogy earlier, but it works. Everyone in this room could be talking all at the same time. As soon as my wife talks, man, I know her voice. But do I know his voice? Even in the 
101 voices in my head at times. Do I know his voice? Do I know his voice? Do you know his voice? Jesus said of himself, he's the good shepherd. And when he speaks, his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. They recognize his voice. They say, that's my shepherd. And he goes on to say in in Luke's gospel that they won't follow a stranger. You know, we're told in the world, don't talk to strangers. You, You hear what I'm saying, right? Don't entertain the stranger's voice. Listen for his voice. Because it will bring life to you. The stranger looks to steal, kill and destroy. But God looks to come and give us life and life in all its fullness. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. You know, what defines us as a prophetic community is the fact that God is alive and he speaks to us. That's, That's what it means. That's what it means to be a prophetic people. God speaks. Are we listening? Are we listening? God speaks. And that's our birthright as sons and daughters. That's what Jesus won for us at the cross so we could have God speak to us. The art is learning how to recognize when he speaks, discerning the ways he communicates with you. One thing I find myself saying to my kids more than anything else probably, often out of frustration, is, darling, please just listen to me. Genuinely. Like, please, just be still and listen. Have you heard what I've asked? And, and, and I'm just a feeble father. Not like the perfect father, but I believe this is something of heaven for us. God over you saying, Ron, are you listening, son? Darling, please listen. Jackie, darling, please listen. I believe the father would say to us, darlings, please listen to me. Are you listening? Have you heard what I've said? So I want to ask you again, are you listening? We can be so quick to to speak, can't we? We can be in a culture that is so fast, so quick. The internet, everything we want at the push of a button. And and we want to give our requests to God, and that's good. The, The Bible is full of give your requests to God. Ask and knock and seek, and it'll be done to you. You know, we're told that, and that's good. But are we also quick to just sit and listen? Like, I know I've got a million and one things to do, but Father, I'm listening. God, I've got all these pains and hurts in my heart, but I'm listening. I know I want to talk to you about all sorts of stuff. I want to to say, fix this, do this, fix this, do this. But actually, Daddy, I'm listening. Daddy, I'm listening. You know, what my Beth needed to know in A&E was Dad's voice continually talking to her. Drove her a little bit potty. But she needed to sit there and hear me humming over her, hear me singing to her, hear me whispering in her ear when she's drying her tears off, going, Daddy loves you. I even tried to play it with her again in A&E. Genuinely, I sat there and I just went, it. And she looked at me just like, not now, Daddy, you know, just wrong, too soon. Darling, are you listening? You know, God speaks and it's utterly amazing that he speaks to us. It's utterly amazing that God would speak to us. And do you know what the Bible said? Sometimes he thunders. The God of glory thunders. Helen, he thunders. But sometimes he speaks with this still, small voice, this whisper. So I want to ask you, would you notice if he thundered? And would you know if he whispered? How does he speak to you, friends? 
How does he speak to you? Now here are four very quick ways that you can tune yourself in. The word. The word. The word of God. It's not rocket science. But he will speak through this precious book. It's living and active. It will grab hold of you. It says of the word that it is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. He will speak to us through this precious word. I remember when I was first saved, it was like it just jumped off the page at me. Every preach from the word, it was like, man, has this church been following me? This is exactly what I needed to hear in this moment. You know, he will primarily speak to you through his word. It's his prophetic voice to us. Man, it's his story over your life. It's his story over humanity. It's his story of salvation. It's an anchor to our soul. We're meant to stay there, not just go there if nothing else works. Man, it's living and active. His word. So I want to encourage you. If you can't hear God's voice, maybe you're not reading the word. Live in the word. Eat the word. Chew the word. Suck on the word. Enjoy the word. Because he will speak to you. And often when you come to it, no, not often, always. Come to the word humbly. Submit yourself under it. Genuinely. Come to it reverently and say, Father, as I open your precious word, I know you've got stories to tell me. I know you want to speak directly into my spirit. I know you want to change me some way today. Father, I'm listening. As I read your word, I'm listening. So I want to ask you, I want to encourage you. This is the last time I'm with you in this capacity. Man, if I can leave you passionate about the word again, and that's a win. Get into it. Eat it. Enjoy it. Another one, the indwelling presence of God. We've already touched on that. But what I want you to know, you don't have the Word and the Holy Spirit separate. They're so combined. Jesus is the Word that became flesh. He is the Word. He's the Word living and active with us. But the Holy Spirit somehow illuminates this beautiful book. That's how it's living and active. You don't read it like a novel. You say, Holy Spirit, come on. I want to know you. I want to know the Word. But we have the Holy Spirit living within us, and it's the Holy Spirit that Jesus said would come and guide and comfort and encourage and direct and be with us always. And that's who thunders within. That's who whispers within. And you know what? When, when you know that the Holy Spirit is nudging you and f- giving you these fidgets and prompts, man, it's, that's what brings life. Because your, your life becomes an adventure. Your life is one of the Holy Spirit's direction. That's when the Bible says, keep in step with the Holy Spirit, being a new covenant people, we're not following an external cloud any longer. We're following the cloud within. We're following that precious Holy Spirit within. The cloud within. He's the one that's given us these nudges, these senses I remember listening to this incredible message about how we follow the Holy Spirit. And this guy just said, how you follow the Holy Spirit? You just follow peace. Do you know what? And when peace lifts, you stop. When peace stops, you stop. And you assess and you follow after that peace. Peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And I, I want to be reverent here, but I, I look at the Holy Spirit as this internal, perfect, heavenly sat-nav. And I don't mean you just program him, but I mean you start your day going, good morning, Holy Spirit. <laughs> like, where, where, 
What have you got planned today? Where are we going to go today? He tells you you're loved. Through that time together, it was the Holy Spirit telling us we're loved. Holy Spirit telling us how adored we are as sons and daughters. The Holy Spirit telling you how precious you are. Because that's what he'll continually do. The Holy Spirit's been poured into our hearts. So the Word, the Holy Spirit, often it's other people. For me, very often it's other people. Let's use our move as an illustration. Our move came about, at, yes, because we felt these internal nudges within, but equally there was comments from Paul and my friend Rich at the back there and, and another friend and my brother-in-law Phil and members of this church. It brought different prophetic words. God speaks to us through one another. Very often, God will deliver the message to you in the package of someone else. Very often. That's what community is so important about. That's why it's no point being a lone ranger Christian. You'll very seldom hear God correctly. But actually, often, man, one anothering. Hey, do you know what? Often, Paul, sorry to embarrass you here, but we've had some precious man hugs after services here. And I'll often, when I hug my brother, I'll often feel the love of the Father. That's how he does it. That's how he does it. Sorry to embarrass you if I have. So often through one another, God will tell you what he thinks. Sometimes I'll just get what I'll appear to be random text messages. But actually what it is, is God's heart for me that day. And it's exactly what I need through someone else. The key is that we're close enough to people. Lastly, creation. God will often speak to us. His heavenly language will be with what he's already made. Just look out there, just for a moment. It's hard not to see God in that. Just unbelievable. It's like his tapestry to the universe. His tapestry to us in Hastings, just around us. And often, I don't know about you, sometimes I can just go to the beach and I'll sit there and I'll look out to the depths of the deep and I'll feel God thundering and I'll see his power. And my problems become very minor again. Then I'll just look out of the window and I'll see birds floating effortlessly in the sky and I'll feel the Holy Spirit speak to me saying, catch the thermals of the Spirit. Why are you flapping around in your own strength? Watch how the birds do it. Sometimes if you just lie on your back and look up at the stars at night, you check the cosmos and you go, man, there's got to be a God. And he'll begin to speak to you through it. Can I just ask everyone to stand at this point? And we are coming in for a close. In closing, like if you need to shake it down a minute, you can do that. In closing, just... Hold on to this. God, God is everywhere. And he's looking to engage with us everywhere. A few weeks ago, a dear sister of mine of this church, a lady called Angelica, in an early morning prayer meeting, brought this incredible picture or this sense of uh, her feeling like Father God wants to pick us up and plonk us on his lap on the throne and begin to tell us stories. And she went on to say that there's stories of our lives. There are stories over your life. There's stories yet to be told. There's stories yet to be unfolded for this church. 
and for you precious people. But the idea is that we engage with heaven and we engage with the Father of heaven, the King of glory. And he's got a story to tell over your life. He's got stories to be unfolded. He wants to tell you how precious he is. And that's where we can live from, from the throne, sat on Father's lap, listening to stories. Just imagine the adventures we could go on if we just simply lived our lives absolutely convinced that God is every day present with me and I can live my life listening. God, you're with me. God, what do you want to say to me? Your son, your daughter is listening. We're not slaves. We're not servants any longer. We're sons and we're daughters. His sheep follow him for they know his voice. Friends, it's time to get familiar with the way he speaks. It's time to recognize those key ways that he either thunders to you or he whispers to you. And you can tune in and you can develop those. You can craft those until it becomes a heavenly love language between you and Holy Spirit. Every day acknowledge his presence and live listening to his voice. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that you first loved us so you sent your son. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have made many sons and daughters through what you did at the cross. So we freely come into Father's presence, all because of the precious Son. And we say, speak, Father, because your sons and daughters are listening. God, I pray you would impregnate us with, with stories, with words, with a language. God, I pray tomorrow that every single one of us will wake up knowing, man, God's with me. And we'd live out our day th saying, God, what do you want to say to me? What do you want to say to me? Right now, I just want to give you literally 10 seconds to make this your prayer. Not 10 seconds, have 30 if you like, feeling generous. Why don't you engage with God right now, you and him, you and him, through something that's been said today, why don't you nail this in your heart, make it a reality for you. Father, thank you. You love us. You love us so much, man. He adores you more than you could ever know. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Amen. Amen. Good. We'll miss him, won't we? He served us well tonight. Okay, fantastic. Well, it is eight o'clock, and barbecue is ready. So please do hang around. We'll put the